podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Lucas Moura with the last kick of the game! We are Jennings, Defoe, and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you keep him very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us in what is the end of potentially one era and the beginning of another. I have to emphasise that. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify. We're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And joining me on this very special edition of Last Word on Spurs, I'm joined by, look, our crazy train co-host, conductor, the runner, Lee McQueen is back on Last Word on Spurs. Joining myself and Lee, we're joined by the brilliant Ricky J. Norwood, Back on Last Word on Spurs, joining myself, Ricks and Lee. We're joined by George Achillia on this Last Word on Spurs and also making up our panel, the fantastic Holly Clemens back on the show. I think it's important to emphasise just so the fact that we are clear. This episode of Last Word on Spurs was recorded around 9pm UK time on Thursday before the flurry of news we got later that evening. So just to bring you up to date with... As we are, or as I am re-recording this particular segment on the show, we understand now that Harry Kane has agreed to join Bayern Munich and personal terms are in place on a proposed four-year contract. The England captain is now waiting for the green light from Tottenham to travel for a medical and to complete that transfer to Bayern Munich. We know Kane wanted this situation resolved before the opening fixture of the Premier League season at Brentford on Sunday and it feels like it's going to end up that way. He was known to have enjoyed life under new Spurs head coach and Postacoglu and had actually been leaning towards 
actually staying at the club, but he has now opted to leave his boyhood club. As we know, Harry, of course, was in the last 12 months of his contract and Tottenham did want to tie him down to fresh terms. We know there's been absolutely no progress on that whatsoever. Bayern had three bids for Kane rejected with the first they made, of course, in June before making that breakthrough on the Wednesday. We know Kane was really always reluctant to embark upon a transfer once the 23-24 season had begun and actually been really encouraged by Postacoglu's early impact. He played the full Preseason tour with Tottenham, where in his final game in a Spurs shirt, he got four goals in a 5-1 win against Shakhtar Donetsk. In now what looks like it's going to be, most certainly, his final game for the football club. who said after that game that there was open dialogue with Harry, and he will depart as Tottenham Hotspur's all-time scorer, having scored 280 goals in 435 appearances, along with 64 assists, three golden boots, one Playmaker Award. Simply put, the greatest ever. Harry Kane will be leaving Tottenham Hotspur. This show, of course, reflects on the news that we were receiving at the time that Harry is in the process of joining Bayern Munich. And we also discuss, summarise, how that's going to affect Tottenham's planning for Brentford to come on Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Last One on Spurs. And can I just say again, a massive, massive thank you for all your incredible support for the show. What we do know for certain, to start with you, Lee, and something that I've been very angry about and frustrated about is Tottenham, Daniel Levy, Enoch, the Tottenham Hotspur hierarchy, actually accepted accepted a bid for Harry Kane. And if I can just say my point on this again, for Tottenham to actually accept an offer for arguably the greatest player in the modern era, a player that, as I've mentioned before, look, he may want to leave the football club, but... Daniel Levy's legacy, I know for him it's about, and I'm, maybe I'm guessing and assuming here, I know he feels for him it's going to be the stadium, it's going to be the training ground, but believe me, Daniel Levy's legacy will not be creating one of the best training grounds, one of the best stadiums in the world. It will be selling Tottenham Hotspur's greatest ever goal scorer. Fact. Forget about everything else. Fact. And I've got to be honest with you, I think for many, many Spurs fans now, I think that might be the last, last bit of stomach they can take towards the current ownership. Because I'll be honest with you, when you're willing to part with the best part of potentially 30 goals a season in an Ange Postacoglu team, that no doubt he'll get more for that as well. And you could actually get this money back within 12 months if Harry stays at the football club, achieves Champions League football. It's something that I can't get my head around. So I'm going to shut up talking. Lee, let's come over to you. Tell me how you're feeling right now about this Harry Kane situation. Well, I think think it's completely unacceptable to accept an offer for Harry Kane. That that's my personal opinion, and you're right. It's broken me. Um, I, I'll never, I'll never hashtag Levy out or Inink out, and and I'm and I'm afraid that's going to annoy a lot of people, and it might be make people happy or whatever. I, I'm not actually that bothered, but I do want a change in this ownership now, and and for me, it is it is clear that the ambition of this football club is is to do with non-footballing matters because. Daniel Levy could have said no to Bayern Munich. He could have had a player on his hands that was unhappy because Kane does want to go. Like I, I, I know that from, I don't know for a fact, I haven't heard it from Kane's mouth, but I do know that he wants to go. So we could have had an unhappy player and people will say, like a couple of people in the comments already, fair play, it's 100 million, you can't turn that down. But it's not my money. Like I said on Sky a couple of days ago, it's not, it's not my 100 million. And, and, you know, this is the greatest ever goal scorer that we've had at the football club. 
And we've just been through a season of utter rubbish. And the one shining light that we had in that season was Harry Kane. He's, he's assumed the captaincy because of the situation currently with Hugo Lloris. And we have now just sold or accepted a bid, excuse me, pardon me, because we don't know what's going to happen. But we've now accepted a bid that is less than what we originally said about um, uh, 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 what the club wanted for him. And I just, I just can't, I can't understand it. Football, regardless of how you feel, and, you know, it's in this instance, it shouldn't be or isn't about business. And look, I I might be wrong here, and that's completely fine. People won't agree with everything I say. Loads of people absolutely hate it. But the custodian, as Daniel Levy once called himself, of the football club has to put the football club first. And I, I don't, I haven't seen many people or, you know, a majority, shall we say, saying taking the 100 million for Harry Kane is the best thing for the football club because you lose him on a free. It didn't cost us anything, as Jace made the point out earlier, other than, um, uh, you know, going through the academy and all that sort of stuff. He's a product of that academy. He, he is one of our own. He's generally one of us. And he is the club. And football and emotion does come into it. He is the club. That is what I'm saying. He is the football club. People say he's the goat. He's the poster boy. He is the club. He's not bigger than the club, but he is part of the club. And we could have had another season out of him. And look, would I be sitting here in 12 months' time painfully crying in my own curry, like I'm just trying to eat here, because he's gone to Chelsea on a free? Yeah, I would. I would. But at least we've given us an opportunity. And certainly the hierarchy at Tottenham Hotspur could have said to us, us fans, you know what, you know all the all the hate you've given us, you know all the times we've let you down and whatever, this time we're not going to, this time we're not going to let you down, this time we're going to do the right thing and we're going to keep Harry Kane at the football club and we're going to try and convince him to stay. All of that said, Rick, all of that said, Harry Kane is also a human being. I love him, like I don't know him, but I love him, I love him as one of our players and if he wants to go, he should also have the opportunity to go. You know, the man I feel sorry for, or should I say the two the two people I feel sorry for in this situation, of course, is the fans, the loyal Tottenham fans that go home and away. George Aller, of course, one of those each and every week that spend their hard-earned money on this wonderful, fantastic football club and are tremendously loyal in what has been a difficult, difficult period, you'd say, for the football club. The one trophy in, of course, 20 years. You guys don't need me reminding you. On also Ange Postacoglu. Imagine, Ricks, having to try and prepare for your first ever Premier League game with this absolute circus basket case going on. Yeah, but that's Tottenham, Ricks. I, I, I think, you know, Angie's been in the game long enough and I think his football knowledge is, is quite varied and his football IQ is quite high. And he would have known what he was walking into at Tottenham. In the sense that there's always something going on. There's always going to be a drama. It's not always going to be straightforward. You're not always going to, you know, two plus two doesn't always equal four when it comes down to Tottenham Hotspur. The one thing that I am, of course, he's going to be frustrated. Of course, it's going to disrupt planning for the first game of the season. Um, but the one thing that does encourage me is that Ange is a project manager where he every side he's gone into, he's got, not that he's got rid of, they've had to sell their biggest player or they've had to sell their most important player. And some, some of the time, those important players within the squad, he's actually got rid of so that they can actually start a true rebuild. So if this is the case and if it's going to go the way that it's 
being reported and that he's going to go to Bayern, then I think that Ange is probably the perfect manager to be in charge at this time. I don't think it's going to fluster him as much as you or, or I think. I think he's already going to have a contingency plan for Sunday. And I think that he's, they've already started to draw up targets if Kane does leave. Um, so when it comes down to Ange, is it unfair on him? Um, yes, but if it's going to be anybody, it's better it be him because he's dealt with this scenario before. It's not going to hurt him emotionally. He's just going to, you know, it, it, it could almost be a blessing for him that, that if this was going to happen this year or next year, maybe for him, maybe it's better he does it this year so that he can actually start this rebuild from scratch. For, for me, Ricks, I mean, I'm still clinging and clutching to every straw that is going. Do you know what I mean? I still have hope that, you know, Harry ain't going nowhere. And I, I, and I have to. And I have to. Sometimes I'm disillusioned or disillusional on this, on this programme. But I do it from, like, a place of love. I, I will, you know as well, even when the odds are against us, I will never bet against us to lose. And I will never give you a, a losing prediction when it comes down to what do you think the scoreline is going to be at the end of the show. Rick, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with anything that you said there. The only thing I would pick up on the fact, coming over to you, George, is the timing now, 48 hours, 48 hours before the start of a Premier League season in which Harry Kane has been actively involved in every pre-season game to some degree. And of course, has just scored four goals the previous week against Jack Dardanetsk. And the fact that Ange Postacoglu has spoken openly about having Harry massively being part of his plans. I think it's totally, utterly unfair on the manager and on the fans, as I've said, that we're in this situation where this was not addressed for me after that Leeds United game at the end of the season. I think it's totally and utterly unacceptable, unforgivable, that you can't tell me this is not interrupting preparations for Brentford in 48 hours. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. I think... For me, what I don't like about this whole situation, this whole saga, is I feel like, to me, it's almost as if the clubs, again, just don't really have the priorities right from an instance. Because, okay, yes, maybe we've brought in some players that have been under this new philosophy of, you know, data-driven analysis and stuff. But again, to me, it does almost just still feel like it's just opportunities rather than anything else. Um like obviously with Leicester getting relegated to get Madison in and stuff. For me, if, if this was the case that they were willing to accept that 84, say 86 million in the first place, which was offered about a week or two weeks ago, have the foresight, have the plan to accept it then. Don't go through this whole preseason of having him as captain, have him playing almost every game. Um, if you really, truly do actually want to rebuild for Ange, then all right, say from the get-go, we're going to sell him from the beginning. And just have a little bit more clarity again. I feel like we just keep missing this every every single window. There's just no clarity from anyone um, about what the actual drive is. And they can say it as much as they want in interviews. It's, it's more often not never the case that that actually happens, um, the way they say it. So, yeah, it just feels a bit hurt. Like, we're just so close to the season starting. Um, everyone's getting really excited about how, how well we're playing. I think we have every right to be excited about it. And now, all of a sudden, the, the geezer that just scored four goals last week are home in front of everyone in a pre, the final preseason match getting everyone excited and buzzing for the season is now not going to be the up front. Yeah, I think it just leaves Andrew with a bit of a headache and it's just totally unfair on him. And now now we've got to go and get some more targets. Holly, to bring you in, just a quiet show to come back for, bless her. You know, we would, you know, I try to bring Holly in for the optimistic and the positive ones. I want to ask you, Holly, from a managerial perspective for Ange, how do you think he's going to feel right now? He's coming into the football club. And I must just say, the one thing that this situation has brought out, I think, is the fact that everybody is so, so behind the way he has dealt with 
what is a difficult, complex situation. He's not the first manager. He might be the last to have to deal with this particular situation over Harry. But how do you feel he'll be feeling right now, 40 hours away from representing, managing this wonderful football club, and this is currently on his plate? Well, I think from what we've seen of Ange so far is that he is a man of, of class. He doesn't like to speculate. He goes on facts. I mean, he's going to be gutted thinking about the possibility of not managing one of the best players in the world and uh, Harry Kane in particular. I think when he got the job, he thought, oh my God, Harry Kane, Son, you know, and he's thinking about how his football could work with those players and him, just like all of us, were really excited to see that. I mean, I thought, oh my God, I can't wait to see Madison, you know, with Harry Kane. I was, you know, all the signings that we were getting, I was thinking, oh my God, this season has so much potential. And just seeing the pre-season friendlies, you know, with Ange managing, you know, just really got me all excited for this season. So to hear this news literally 48 hours before our first game, it kind of, it, it sort of it is a bit, it, it, I, I'm trying to say this in a polite way. Um, I was going to say it's a bit of a kick in the ball, so I may as well just say it. Um, it quite literally is, because um, I couldn't think of anything else on the spot, I'm afraid. You're being kind, Holly. You're being kind. It'd be a lot <laughs> stronger words to say, bless you. You know what? Again, I just, what, what I'm trying to get my head around, Lee, coming over to you, is that, look, his wife is eight and a half months pregnant. He's five-year-old is due to start school in a couple of weeks' time. The season is just around the corner. He's two seasons away from achieving, you'd say, this Premier League record. He can leave for a free next year and really accumulate himself a huge, significant signing on fee. He can pick any club in the world. Why now, Lee? Why is now the most desperate time for Harry Kane to leave this football club, where he's on the brink of actually playing a brand of football that he's not, that he's not been able to play for the last three, four years? Why now, Lee? Why? Maybe like us, you know, we, we you know, everyone's got their tipping point, haven't they? You know, he's been loyal through most things, hasn't he, to be fair? Like, how long has he been at the football club? Was he just turned 30? He, he was 11, he was 11, 11 so yeah. was he 19 years, 18, 19 years that he's been at the yeah. club. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's just a tipping point. You know, you make a good point about a family, but everyone's different. First and foremost, I think all of the reasons that you've mentioned, uh, all of the reasons to all of us for Spurs fans that, that, that see it doesn't make sense, right? There's loads of reasons why it doesn't make sense. When I start thinking about it, I start thinking about um, the, the whole Man City saga, okay? He wanted to leave at Man City. He wanted to go there, win stuff in the Premier League. He didn't go. They ended up getting Haaland. Haaland's won everything going. And maybe there's part of him that's like, that could have, should have been me. You know, he's seen his mate, Carl Walker, go to Man City and win everything. So maybe this is the the next big club that can kind of take him and can guarantee him glory. And he doesn't want to miss out no more. It's, it's that almost that FOMO, do you know what I mean? That he's got of another big club coming in and missing the opportunity to go for a big club. But that's me speculating. That's me kind of putting the, 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 the skin and the muscles on the bones because that's all I've got to work with is the bones of this story. Do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't make sense to none of us unless he's got an affinity for German football and, and Bayern Munich in itself. Um, when it comes down to the timing for him and the missus, it's not that long of a flight, Ricks, to get to Germany. Um, so if I was guessing, he'd probably leave his missus here uh, to have the baby and to kind of settle in. 
and he will go to Germany. He'll probably do a Mourinho in the sense of living in a hotel or living in a, a in an apartment and go back and forth because it's only a couple of years for him. So I know we're thinking about the reasons why he should stay and not move, but maybe it's not as big as we're thinking it is. You know, maybe it's, it, to him, it's just a private jet straight into the kind of airport and it's a quick 20 minute ride to get to his house. Maybe it's not that big of a deal for him um, at this point in time. I don't know, but but maybe. But my, my kind of inclination of him being desperate to leave right now, and especially when in a year, potentially he could go on a free to like you just said there, any club around the world, um, is because he doesn't want to miss out on glory. And maybe he's got this affinity for Bayern Munich. I think the whole Chelsea thing is a big, massive fear. It's a fear factor for us to kind of console ourselves into selling him to someone in Germany. But for me, I, I, I don't think that was ever going to happen. I don't think he'd ever go to the Gooners and I don't think he'd ever go to Chelsea, regardless of Pochettino. Um, so m- maybe that's what the thinking is behind it from his point of view. But now that Lee's back and he's got his Wi-Fi, get him back, Ricks. Finish well, his about point say, because I was I mean, locked on. People were saying that build a hack in it. Maybe Bayern are going after him the way it's going in. They, take, they can't take Kane. They're taking the bloody, <laughs> taking the bloody podcasters. What's going on here, Macca? Ask Sorry. that question, Macca. I ask you that question again. What, what do you think, honestly, for Kane in his mind now, what's he thinking? Why can he not give it 12 months under a Postacoglu system where he's going to score bags of goals? The club may very well, and you made this point on the last show, Lee, the club could could get back into the Champions League. If they finish fifth due to the coefficiency, that might be enough for a Champions League spot. Why does he need to go now, Lee? What is the desperate nature of that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was talking about tipping point. Well, maybe he's just got to his tipping point. Like we we do know what is intel out there. Everyone can read it anyway. But we do we do know that the um, the Man City situation a couple of years ago probably soured some relationships between the Daniel Levin and the and the player and, and Harry Kane. Uh, you know, and, and and this is the thing. Like you know, Daniel's got a absolute track record. Like if there was anyone, if there was anyone on the planet from a footballing side of things that you would want negotiating this deal, it would probably be Daniel Levy. Yet he still, he still accepted the offer. Like it doesn't make sense. Like George said, it was, it was, it's an offer that's been accepted. That was lower than the offer that they had. The first, I just don't get what's changed in the last two weeks or whatever for him to do that. And, and Ricky, you make a good point about, you know, um, his family situation. Maybe it's not as a big deal for him, but maybe, you know, the desire, yeah, Adam made the point um, a couple of weeks ago on the show about footballers know that they need to move around. That's just the way of the life of a footballer, right? They, you know, their families know that. Their football, you know, may, maybe it's not. Maybe to you, me, and anyone else, it's a big deal. But maybe to him, it isn't. As as Rich, you just said. But I, I, I don't know. I think that I think that's the biggest problem, Ricky, is that we don't know why because it doesn't make sense. Cracker said it earlier on the WhatsApp group. It just he can't make sense of it. I don't think any of us can. We understand that a player wants to leave, like a, you know, we get that. And if that if that deal was done beginning of July or whenever the transfer window opened, we'd have all been guided. We'd have had the Kane's gone show, but then we'd have been like, right, let's get behind Rishi, let's get behind like Madison. Yeah, exactly. all time to comp- time to mentally try and yeah. comp- compartmentalize it, Lee. Are you with me? We haven't had that opportunity. That, exactly. And, and I don't think I don't think Kane or his family have either. You know, this is where it's so unfair of, of, of everybody. We don't know. Has has Kane been like phoning Daniel every day? Hey, am I going yet? Am I going yet? Have you sorted it yet? Have you sorted it? We don't know. We I'm not I'm not speculating that he has been doing that. I'm sure he hasn't. But but when Kane's camp come out and said, 
he's happy to stay or he's happy to go. He wants to do what's right for the football club. That, to me, was firmly put in the decision in Daniel Levy's hands. And Daniel Levy and the club has now said, yeah, you can go. You can go. So other than a, a, an agreement that may have been between Kane and uh, and the club to say if a certain figure is hit, a couple of people, I can't give you a shout out, but a couple of people in the comments have said this earlier, of, of said 100 million or whatever it is, then you, you can go almost like a unofficial release clause. Do you see where I'm coming from, team? It's almost like, like, like if that was hit, now Kane's on the blow again, mate, they've hit it. So you're, well, going back to, like, you're, you're going back to the line of Lee, a bit of a gentleman's agreement. I don't know because Daniels in the past has broken them. We know we know that. We know that for the city. That Kane thought we had a gentleman's agreement with a city deal and that, that was still broken. So I don't know. I just I just don't know, Rick. And that's why it's so frustrating. That's why I love I love being on here. I love this show and I love everyone that's involved in it. But we're 30 minutes in and we just don't know. But for Tom to actually accept an offer for the greatest ever player in the modern era, George, I still can't process that. I really, really can't process that. But the question I ask you is that, look, we're 48 hours before the start of the Premier League season. Should there not at some point now be some communication from the football club to get us all on side, ready for Brentford to say, this is the situation. This is what we had, you know, agreed with Harry pre-summer. If an amount is hit, Harry can leave the football club. Meanwhile, we are totally and utterly in the dark, as we recalled here, 48 hours before the game as to the mindset of the squad, the mindset of Ange Postacoglu, and even for the fans, they deserve so much more. I'm sure you're going to be going there, George, at the weekend. Can you understand the lack of communication, George? Should there be communication? I mean, I can understand the lack of it because that's just how we that's how we roll. And look, I think it's just, it's all down to this inter-club politics and stuff now. I think we've always got to take what we hear with a pinch of salt. And as nice as it is to believe, believe one narrative and, and not the other, the fact of the matter is, it could have just come down to that Levy's agents camp, whoever it may be, might have. Uh, sorry, uh, Kane's agent stuff might have gone to Levy and said, "Look, we're not going to sign a deal full stop. We're going to see out that I'd want to stay at Spurs next year, get more goals in the Premier League, and then I can choose whoever I want next summer." And I think if that's the final decision, then I think Levy's just done, then and gone. Well, okay, we'll just accept the bid and get get the money then, because they basically got the deadline of this weekend. If Kane's happy to stay after the the Brentford match. Um, I think beforehand it was just all up in the air as to whether we'd get enough money or not that would satisfy the club. And yeah, and one thing's for sure as well, I'd never expect to see Harry Kane wearing red and white. But you know, maybe that's why they made their kit majority white this year. Maybe they planned this all along. Who knows? Um, yeah, that was in my monologue somewhere in my notes. <laughs> I retract it. You can bring it back. You can bring it back. Um, no, back thank you. I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> No, honestly, I think it's just it's it's one of the ones where I, I I really genuinely do not understand the reason for him wanting to go this year. It's like we okay, we're out of Europe for one season. Obviously, the lure of being in the Champions League and having a fairly decent chance of winning it is is a massive plus and probably why he wants to go. But all of this talk about him being oh, he's 30 years old, all this, that and the other. 30 is not old in football anymore, especially with the way that Harry Kane has progressed his play style to not just be an out-and-out striker. He's now a creator coming in deeper. We're seeing some of the best players in the world playing until 36, 37. I think, personally, I think Kane's got another five, definitely six years. Old. I can confirm 30 is definitely not old, George. Exactly. <laughs> 35 is definitely not old, George. I can also <laughs> confirm can well, I, exactly. This is my, this is my thing. So I'm like, it, 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 it's not an old age, especially with the way Kane's playing at the peak no. of his career right now. So yeah. it's all nonsense that he needs to move to win trophies. I don't understand it because 
in my mindset, it's always been that if he wants to break the record and win trophies, he is so close to it now. Why wouldn't he stay in the Premier League one more year, get that bit closer? You either sign a year extension at Spurs to then break it. He can easily move at 32 to any anyone he wants. He could go to, to Man City and sit on the bench. He could go to Barcelona and play Real Madrid, whatever. He can go to anyone for free and win trophies later in his career. It's a lot easier to win a trophy at 34 or 35 than it is to bang 20 goals a season. That has always been my mindset anyway. So I just don't understand why he would want to leave the Premier League now. It, it makes no sense to me when he could Holly, easily get the goals and then get the trophies later on. Yeah, I mean, Holly, just playing devil's advocate to the point George brings up there, the only thing I would say is Harry, looking at the situation, he's got a very good friend of his, of course, on the Spurs coaching staff in Ryan Mason, where he saw his career cruelly cut short by that horrendous head collision. Is he thinking, look, I'm not getting any younger. I'm in these England squads. I'm around all these England players. I'm around all these co-teammates uh, of England. They're all winning things. I'm at a club where I'm not winning. It doesn't appear that it's going in the right direction. And therefore, I've got to go this window. I just can't bear it anymore. What, what do you think is going through Harry's mind at the moment? Um, I think, yeah, you made some really valid points there. But am I right in thinking, or maybe I dreamed this, I don't know. Um, didn't he score the most goals in a season, last season, than he ever has or something like that? Definitely sure up I... there. If not, he's equaled it 100%. Yeah. yeah, so it's not exactly like he's not still at his peak. I mean... He's still got more to do in his career. I think he really has. And I think he's made it clear he wants to win stuff. Absolutely. But I think going to the Bundesliga, I think he's a big step back for him. I think, why would you want to leave the Premier League? This is something that people work up their whole careers to do. He's still in that position. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult one because... He could stay. Um, he could beat Shearer's record. That in itself is a massive achievement. He could easily do that this season. He could leave now and go there. And would meaning something in, in the German league, would it mean as much? I don't really know. It's, it is hard to tell. But I think the fact that this debate, the back and forth, has gone on between Bayern Munich and um, Spurs for so long now and for it to an agreement for one, like you said, Ricky, for an agreement to be made um, for a start is, bar is barbaric to me. Unless you've got Kane saying, actually, I do really want to go, in which case he's forced Levy to say, yeah. you know, you know, OK, I agree to this. I think one more season with him and the team, yeah, OK, we could lose him for free next season. The investment for keeping him this season is massive. We also know that Tottenham have put a contract offer to Harry on the table and and it's reportedly so we don't know for a fact but it's reportedly up to 400 grand a week now that 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 is that is a massive step forward for Tottenham Hotspur football club if I don't know if you can confirm that, Ricky, but that is that, that is reported. We listen. We understand that that is an offer that is on the table for Harry, but we also understand Harry has got no one well, from what we understand no intention of signing that or looking at it this summer. Exactly. Exactly. But get, get, get to to Holly's point. If if you know as a player that you've got that on the table and you're and you're basically going, do you know what? I quite like the look of Ange here. Who doesn't? You know, football is just completely different to to, to what we've been used to. What what? And you know, you've got a four hundred grand a week contract offer on the table. Where you bought it just seems like there's more to lose leaving now than there is in a year's time. Because in a year's time, like you said earlier, he can go wherever he wants. He can sign a pre contract with a foreign club in six months. With a huge signing on fee if he waits 12 months. Signing on fee. 
it just doesn't make sense, does it, Rick? No, it doesn't. And what I will just say is that we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audience. Hi everyone, Crackers here with your Legend Event update. Thursday the 14th of September at Mumbai Square near Liverpool Street Station. The one and only Alan Brazil was appearing. That's with a two-course meal and VIP options. Please go to closeencounter.events for your tickets. Friday the 15th of September, Dartford FC in Kent. Alan Mullery and Pat Jennings. H2Olegendevents.co.uk for your ticket needs there. Friday the 29th of September at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. The one and only Brazilian legend Sandro is appearing. Please go to at Mr. Cracknell on the socials to see the poster and further details on your tickets and how to get those. Finally, Friday, October the 13th, Camberley Heath Golf Club, echo61.co.uk, have the one and only Chrissy Waddle appearing. That comes with a free course meal and a fantastic old night out. So there you go, your update all done. Come on, you Spurs. You know what I do want to say? There's some actually lovely words from Ange Postacoglu earlier this morning that broke from the British press, um, in which he said how honoured he is to be managing the football club. And this is the sad, sad thing, I think, coming over to you, George, is that the one constant positive about this summer has been this manager, which, look, we'll be honest about it, when he was first appointed, I think there definitely was some scepticism. There was some real, I would say, maybe concern, reluctance. But I think over this preseason, we've seen game by game reasons to be really, really positive about the brand of football that we're seeing and the fact that after so long, we are getting clear communication from a manager what he said here, George, to bring you in, he said, look, there's no other place on earth I'd want to be than right here in this minute. Trying to bring success to one of the biggest football clubs in the world. I want my team to play football that scares the life out of every opposition. Now, when I read that, I get a tingle down my spine because it is so, so amazing to hear a manager speak so glowingly, not just about the football club, but also about the brand of football that he's looking to produce for us on a game-by-game, week-by-week basis. The question I want to ask you to just move on a little bit, George, if we can, is does Ange Postacoglu currently have the tools in his squad to cope with the departure of Harry Kane? Or will he arguably need more? I mean, first of all, I'm going to say what a man he is. And we were warned by everyone that this 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 could easily happen from all the Celtic fans and so on. That look Again, like most people, I was sceptical at first. There were other targets, obviously, I wanted to go for that I thought maybe a bit more proven. But I'm, I'm already in love with this guy. I think the brand of... I've never been so excited to watch our, our second team play Barcelona's first team. And even though we lost, actually be coming out of that game buzzing <laughs> um, about how we've progressed in the space of, like, what, a month? It's, it's, I think it's incredible, to be honest with you. So there is definitely excitement to look forward to, to with, with this team, with, with or without Kane. Um, but yeah, with regards to whether he has the tools or not, I think we're definitely getting there for sure. I think like the players like Madison's a huge plus. Basuma feels like a brand new player because I feel like he was underutilised last year, big time. Um, and then again, the addition of Vanderbilt can only be a positive. A rapid centre-back sort of needed to play this high line. He's, he's definitely got bits and pieces here and there that that can help for sure. And, and we, we definitely look to be pro- progressing really quickly. I think the problem is, the moment you lose Kane, you're then now relying on Richie, who, in my opinion, I think everyone's been a little bit too harsh on him because last season he he barely had a sniff. Uh, he scored in his champ- like a brace on his Champions League debut and then couldn't really get in the team and was injured as well. So I think it's a bit unfair considering how he saved Everton the season beforehand. And especially in this system, I think he's quite suited to it. But 
is he going to replace Kane? Absolutely not. So then you've got to make other signings. You've got to work out where else you're going to get the goals. Madison's now got to step up even further to the what's expected to hopefully get goals from midfield. We really need Sun to get back in form, but he's not really had the best of preseason so far. So again, we're just constantly relying on these these other players to now pick up the slack that's going to be there from, from Kane being missing. So yeah, there's a lot of work still to be done in the transfer market. We're missing out on a couple of big, big targets already. And it's again, like we're just coming back to the Kane quit. If, if it got sorted earlier, we, we could have had most of these targets in and, and sorted. A couple of injuries here and there at the moment. And I think our team resorts back to what it was last year. So, yes, it's still a long way to go. But all the signs on the pitch is, is looking very, very promising. If you don't mind, Ricky, to come in there and George makes some brilliant points as, as normal. But I just, again, looking at the other side of it, because we haven't really looked at it like this. Maybe it's taken so long to do the Kane deal because it was always going to be done. But we need to get our ducks in a row like with the likes of Mickey van der Ven, like with Tapsoba, maybe he's in the in the pipe, maybe he's about to come out. Maybe the striker that we're going to get in is about to come out of the pipe. Don't get me he wrong. Better, I'm completely... He better have a bloody good plan, Lee. He better have a bloody good plan. Yeah, yeah. Because well, this isn't I, I'm completely sceptical. I don't. I personally Warden, don't think... Warden, Tapsoba, Eze, get them in tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I mean, like Eze, get them in tomorrow. <laughs> do you not think it's a bit... It is a bit strange, isn't it, that all of a sudden the Eze rumours started coming out 24 hours ago or whatever. You know, maybe, the right agents as well. For the club. Right. So, 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 so maybe, maybe all of a sudden, look, I, I don't think this will happen, by the way, because the, this board never shows us. We can't have nice things, right? Said so that at the beginning of the show, but, but actually, it might be a case of that we have to get our ducks in a row, and that's why it's taking so long. I don't know. It, that might be the case, but if it is the case, and we're looking positively, and like you say, George, who who we're going to get in? All of a sudden, you know, we've been we've been linked now with Brennan Johnson, haven't we? We've been linked now with. Um, with Eze, if you're talking about there, yeah. we've been we've been linked, you know, with 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 these other players. We definitely need another centre back. I mean, I'm seeing on the WhatsApp group here, Rick, that they're talking about uh, Eric Dyer being captain. <laughs> it's, it's obviously got to be a wind up. I mean, it's obviously got to be off a completely. Wind up. Jesus Christ! But, I've this, I'm trying to bet, I'm trying to get this news taken in mentally. Don't do that to me as well, God. I know, but the thing the thing is, if a lot of the comments for our listeners on audio, a lot of the comments, people in the comments now live are saying that Richarlison's actually injured, and if that is the case. You know who, who is going to be starting up front? Are we putting Son up front as a striker on, on uh, well, Brentford? Or I mean, don't, don't like, please, please don't forget. I mean, don't forget again. He's a young, young kid. I think again. I think his work permit has now come through. We have obviously got Spurs' new signing. Is it come through, is, is it come I don't know. I think we might have to wait and see. Well, obviously, we'll, what I must say, obviously, interested is what we are recording Game's before. Oh, we are we are recording, of course, before Ange Postecoglou's press conference, which will be held on Friday. And I can tell you, of all press conferences that have taken place at Tottenham. Conte press conferences, Jose Mourinho's press conferences, the one with Ange tomorrow for our listeners and audio on the morning commute listening back, bringing you in, Holly. That's going to be an absolutely fascinating listen or watch when we get that because, quite frankly, the one thing that we've seen with Postacoglu so far, Holly, is that he doesn't dodge a question. He's straight down the line. He's very, very honest. Do you think, Holly, on Postacoglu, do you think goalposts have moved? It's hard because we're assuming here, but do you think at any point during this window from when he got the job, do you think this conversation would have been had that, look, Harry may, may not leave this window? The reason why I ask you that is I can't believe that Tottenham in the planning or Postacoglu in the planning would think in the countdown to Brentford, 48 hours before, he may or may not have Harry Kane available. He might have already mentally thought he might have lost him, but to be in this situation now to try and plan... It's a manager's nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is a complete, it's an absolute nightmare. Can I just say, 
that Eric Dyer thing really tickled me because I don't think he could captain a flock of sheep, if I'm honest. Like, you know, it's just like that. That is, I will answer your question, but that there is throwing me for a wobbler that I can't. That's hilarious. But back to Ange, back to the question at hand. Um, I think he, I think he's not daft. I think, and also I think he he has been made aware. Obviously, the stuff that goes on in private that very conveniently is always on Football London as well. It's like, oh, these talks are happening. It's like, oh, well, so how does everyone and their mum know about it then? And, you know, it's, um, I think Ange knows a lot more definitely than we do. I think he's putting on a brave face, as he rightly should, because if we don't have faith in the manager, then what do we have as fans? So um, I think that he is going to continue to be that way, um, which is which is rightly so. And as I said just now, he always says he's a man who deals with the facts and he's going to deal with what's right in front of him. And at the end of the day, he can only do the best with what he's got. Um, I, at the moment, with our current situation, Harry, Harry Kane is irreplaceable. He is, he, com- he completely is. And I know there are people in the comments and stuff that say, oh, get a grip, whatever. He's, 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 he's not bigger than the club. I mean, to me, he is priceless. He really, yeah. really is. And, uh, I think some there's got to be someone really, really, really special to fill to fill his fill his shoes and and at the moment I don't know if I see what's that um lad that plays for that Belgian club I've seen a lot about him um, kicking around on Twitter. Gift Orban, Gift Orban, yeah, yep, Gift Orban, yeah. yep. Um, apparently, um, apparently he is um a bit incredible. I have to say I'm I'm not I I don't I don't know so I'm not going to yeah. pretend like I do, um, but you know Harry Kane. You know, I know you guys had the pleasure of going to a lot of games. I, I don't, sadly. I live in Manchester and I'm skint. Um, but um, <laughs> but when you watch on TV, the commentators, they always say, oh, that's Harry Kane doing what he does best. Oh, Harry Kane being the reliable guy he always is. You can always count on him. How many players can you say that about? How many? I just, You're right. I just don't see it. I, I really don't. I think no. Ange is he's got a lot to prove. A lot of people said that you know he might not be, he might not step up to the plate. It's a big jump for him joining Spurs. I think so far we've seen great things, and regardless of what happens, I'm really looking forward to a season under his leadership. And I really hope that Harry Kane is as inspired as we are, and ultimately, I hope that is a factor in um, his his. Um, decision-making. Rick, let me ask you a question on the board. Because, um, again, there is that notion on last one Spurs that are not really discussed. I don't know why. I mean, I've been, as you've seen today, heavily critical of the board on Sky. I think that's probably one of the most times that I have been so, so critical. You've heard Lee say on the show, he feels there needs to be a change in ownership. Rick, I have to ask you the fact that, you know, <sighs> accepting a bid for a player this late when from what we heard originally during the summer was he wasn't for sale and then at a lower price that it was indicated would be acceptable. And then ultimately then leaving it to the player to decide as the British press reported earlier, Oh, Spurs have accepted the bid. It's now down to Harry, almost removing themselves from the situation and putting it firmly on Harry Kane. They've got a great way of doing that. This current hierarchy. They did the same thing with Stellini when they got him out the door. It was Stellini's fault and it was Conte's fault. And before that was Jose's fault. And before that was AVB's fault. And before that was Sherwood's fault. It's everybody else's fault, but it's never, ever looking upon themselves to take responsibility for a situation. At what point, Rick, do we look at the most common dominator of this club in 20 years and say, this board simply currently at the moment feel they're not fit for purpose to run this football club? 
I mean, we, we've taken a lot. We've taken a lot off of them and they've made many a bad decision. You know, um, I've often felt that it, the whole Super League, that that, that is a kind of sackable offence for the board um, in itself. But this is, this is what we've got. And I've just got a feeling they ain't going nowhere. Um, that show of defiance, well, I say that show of defiance, when you saw uh, Dan- Daniel Levy and Donna Cullen turn up in the first preseason wearing a tracksuit, to me, that was a show of defiance. To me, after a season of Enoch out, Levy out, Cullen out, they showed up together wearing a club tracksuit with the team and the new manager. And to me, that was a show of defiance to be like, we ain't going nowhere. Um, we, we can let our frustrations be heard and, we, and, and they should know how, how frustrated we are. But part of me is just kind of like, it's just not going to happen. There's been so many kind of nearly moments where we thought they might sell uh, and we thought that they might move on, um, but they haven't. Um, it's been one of my biggest gripes is them taking responsibility for some of the actions that they've taken or for some of the inaction that has been taken. But but have it right. If, if, if Harry Kane does go, I think that's the biggest indictment from a player, from somebody who is a Tottenham boy through and through, from somebody who's grown up in the club, you know, like you just said there, from 10, 11 years old, and that's been promised, you know, and it's been promised and been promised and been promised. And it's got to the point where he's actually like, I'm fed up with your promises. You know, um, it, it, it's an indictment of saying, I, I don't believe you. It's a indictment of saying, uh, you know, I don't want to be on this train no more because you go around in circles. So I think it's the if Harry Kane does leave, that's the biggest damning indictment of the board than anything that we could say on here. Anything that we can say on here. Um, you know, we've known that big players have left over the years. We've had Berbatov, Carrick, Modric, Bale, Carl Walker. You know, we, we could go on for ages. And yep. all of those players felt that uh, they wasn't going to win or they wasn't going to progress at Tottenham. And to be fair to them, uh, whether I like it or not, that it's been proven right. Uh, nearly every one of those players have gone on to win and achieve big things. And maybe it's got to this point where Harry's thinking, yeah, I just can't go round and round about again. Maybe it's like it's never going to happen. And that's why he wants to move. I'm going to still choose to believe because I'm that guy and I don't care being disillusional. I'm still going to believe. Mr. Positive, actually, come on, Ricky. Come on, Hull. But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm still going to believe that he wants to be at Tottenham. I'm still going to believe that, you know, that Ange has given him a new freshness and and kind of reinvigorated this squad. And some of the lone players that have come in have looked like new signings. You know what I mean? And we've actually have spent money on the left side of the centre-back, finally. And a good one at that. Still raw, but a very good one at that. Somebody who's actually suited to the system. So that there are changes being made in within the scouting department and within the recruitment department. That you know, a lot of people criticised Saar when we brought him in and then loaned him out. But we've seen just from a couple of glimpses of him that there is a player in there. Maybe he's not a player to start right now, but there's definitely a player in there. So it, that was a smart recruitment when it was when we did bring him in. I think there has been a shift in that. There was a shift in direction when it comes to the scouting system and bringing up the level at Tottenham. So there have been little mini shifts to improve. But maybe Harry's had enough. Maybe he wants to go. I'm not going to choose to believe that. I'm going to choose to believe that Harry's actually seen these little improvements and seen what's happening and has gone, 
you know what actually I might want to stick around actually I might be I might want to be the captain that lifts the first trophy in 15 16 years I might want to be the one to be, that's grown up as that Tottenham supporter that, that blew out the candles on the Tottenham Cape to go up the Wembley steps or on the podium and actually lift an FA Cup or a, or, or a Carabao Cup or to take us out of the doldrums, you know what I mean? And, and to take us back in, into those top European places in, in the top five. I, I need to believe that until it happens because the last time I was heartbroken was when Ginola left. And when Likewise, Ginola right. left, I, yep. I, I was heartbroken, heartbroken. Yep. And, I, and I said yep. to myself, I'm never going to do this again. I'm not yep. doing it. I'm not doing it. I promise you. And, you know, even when Bale left, I had a kind of resigned um, kind of okayness with it. And it's the same way that I am right now. If he, if Harry does go right now, there's part of me that's kind of like, okay, Harry, I, I get it. But the biggest, I think, problem it is going to be replacing him. I know a lot of people are speaking about Richarlison and people are like, we've been harsh on Richarlison, even though he scored the one goal in the Premier League, two in the um, Champions League. But what worries me and what worried me when we signed him, for, for me, he was a Conte signing. And if the boss wanted him, then I wanted him. Okay, So it didn't matter how much he cost. And the fact that they went back in with a 60 million offer for somebody that the manager wanted at that time, I felt was a positive. Did I feel at the time that it was a little bit too much, or at least 15 million too much at the time? Kind of, right? But if we, and I'm guessing, but if we look at uh, Richarlison's history, when he has been the main man, when he has been a number nine, I don't think he scored any more than 12, 13 goals a season. You know, not forever. And I don't think he scored... Um, You're right, Rick. I, I don't think he scored. 13 goals is the highest he's accumulated in the Premier League. That's correct. Right. Right. Yep. So now un under an Ange Postacoglu system, he might score more than that. And it, it might be the breakout season where he goes and scores 20. But the, the history shows us that it's not been that way. And history also so shows us that he has um, injury issues, injury issues where he's laid off for a long amount of time. You know, so that's what worries me. For me, if we're looking forward, if we're looking post Harry Kane, then you've got to put Sonny up front for me because he's the next best finisher in, in the side right now. And he's the next one that when Harry was about to leave with the whole Man City thing and Man, uh, and Harry came back and he didn't train and all of that jazz and Sonny stepped up against Man City and Sonny was the one that was like, I'll carry this burden on my shoulders. And I trust him to do that in a number nine position. And I trust him to do to adapt his game and to do what Andrew would want in a number nine position in a Tottenham in, in a Tottenham team. Somebody who I can trust to go out there and do it. Could you see, Ricky, could you see then Son playing up top, Solomon maybe on the left, or Perisic has been playing well, uh, with with um, uh, Madison in the hole, and obviously mm -hmm. Kulisevsky or Poro, in my opinion, because I don't think Poro's a right back personally, but but we'll say, go with Decky. So actually the front four versus Brentford could almost be Son, in behind uh, Madison, Kulisevsky and Solomon. I mean, is that is that still quite frightening? I mean, is, is, is it frightening in the sense of, we're going to go down? Or is it frightening <laughs> to other defences in the Premier League? Because given the fact that we talked about this earlier, but given the fact that Ange Postacoglu's teams has hit over 100 shots in, in pre-season and four, I think we had, what, 50 shots on target in the four pre-season, three pre-season friends that we played, is pretty remarkable most people, if you if you if you're any half good, it's going to score goals from there, aren't they? 
Yeah, but you know what? For me, Solomon's more of a super sub. Solomon's more of an impact sub. Somebody who can come on with his pace and directness and dribbling ability to just frighten opposition. So for me, I would almost stick with Charleston on the left side or actually the one that has shown form, who you said, Lee, was actually Perisic. Perisic in, in the preseason has, has looked impressive. And he looks impressive in that, you know, in that left wing role when he doesn't have to run back. But you've got to remember is that they've got also got to be interchangeable because come 60 minutes, Perisic will probably have to come off and then stick Richarlison up there or, you know, Solomon, and then you, you swap Kulu with Solomon or something like that. So they have to be interchangeable. They have to be adaptable to the system. But for me, I would either start with Richarlison on the left, uh, left wing with Sonny in the middle and Kulu on the, uh, on the right or, or Perisic on the left and then you bring on Richarlison a bit later. But, I just uh, think because yeah. Richie's rumoured to be injured. I mean, for me, if Richie's yeah. fully fit, he's, he's our number yeah. nine. My, my my worry still, just sorry to interject, but like my, my, my I do have slight concerns with some playing up as a striker in this specific system. I think he's obviously done fantastic there before where he's had to fill Kane's boots. Um, but I think his strengths back then was obviously being faster than the last man. Whereas you've seen how we've been able to, we're playing this style now we're going to be dominant on the ball. We're going to be pretty much in and around their box the whole time. So now you've got to almost ask Son to be a poacher in and around the box. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a strong suit. So I think he's actually best towards the edge of the area, mm-hmm. hooking mm-hmm. in shots from the corners. So that's that's one reason why I think Richie actually could could thrive in this sort of system. Because let's not forget, as much as he wasn't great for us, he was unbelievable in the World Cup in December for, yeah, for um, Brazil, being yeah. in and around, being that target man. Yeah. So I think he, it, it, as long as he could stay fit, yeah. I genuinely think he could do well. But with Sun there, it's, part of me feels like he can only t- score certain type of goals. So I still think we need to recruit in that in that area. George, I need to ask this. I'm going to tip my tongue to ask this. Look, you go home and away every week. You have got a good opinion of anybody as to how fans, away fans specifically, are going to potentially take the news of Harry Kane leaving this football club in relation to the frustration towards the current ownership and hierarchy. Look, I mean... This is the one thing about Tottenham fans that we're not going to be boycotting the stadium. We're not going to not be going to games because that is not Tottenham fans. Spurs fans sell out every single week, home, away, wherever we go. And people will say, well, that's a, that's the problem in itself. But I have to make this point, which I made a couple of shows ago. Many For many, many people, football is an escapism. It's getting away from life and dealing, you know, coming away from the hard times of life, working you know, relationships, marriages, anything that puts pressure on you. Football is an escapism from those moments, from those times where you can focus your mind for nine and a bit minutes on something that you absolutely love and adore. You might question whether you do love and adore this football club at the moment, but that is the purpose of going to football, having that breakaway and having that escapism. What I want to ask you, George, is in relation to the ownership and how does it go down on the terraces, is there now in your mind any way back for the ownership? That's a tough question. It definitely won't be at first. I can say that for a fact. I think a lot of fans are going to be uh, fuming because we're, we're not going to get that replacement in straight away. We're not going to, we're not going to necessarily see the benefits of selling Kane straight away. And look, later down, like, like a lot of the comments have said and everyone's been saying, down the line, we are going to not necessarily forget about this, but we are going to sort of move on and go on to the next best thing. But it's going to hurt for a while, I think, especially beginning of the season, when you're trying to make up the goals of this incredible player that we've, we've had for years now. Um, and a lot of the times it's going to be a punt on whoever the next player is going to be to fill those boots. Um, so I think for a while, the fans are going to be 
quite against the ownership because um, it at, at this very moment it does seem like they're just prioritizing the money first. We obviously haven't seen what the money's going to lead to yet, so we can't necessarily say if it's actually was the right decision or not. Um, so there's there's still going to be a lot of pain there, and and the only way I can see this being a positive is if by some miracle we go and win something major this season without Kane. Um, and then you can look back and say, yeah, that was the right time to sell. But it's such a long shot right now. I think fans have a right to be fuming if they, if they are. Holly, let me ask you, that phrase a lot is used against this ball, profit over glory. And I've got to be honest and say to you, this is one of those times where for me, they are actually living up to that, to that actual name tag because Harry Kane came through the academy, bought him for nothing. We'd lose him for nothing. Jason McGovern made the point on the show the other day. If we sold Harry Kane for a pound, we've already made a profit. We've already made a profit. So in my mind, look, it's not my money. I, I do not care. How do you feel, Holly, it's going to go down on the terraces with fans? Can you even comprehend and understand how we can try and still have some form of relationship and understanding with this board when they're going to sell Tottenham's arguably greatest ever player of the modern era. As I keep making this point, Spurs could get that 100 million back in 12 months' time by getting Champions League. And even more than that, he might absolutely love the Ange Postacoglu system and scoring goals. And he might even sign a new contract. But we're not even giving it an opportunity or a choice, Holly. I mean, I think for a start, maybe, I'm not an expert, but maybe don't accept an offer for him then. I think at the end of the day, you know, I've heard Lee say under no circumstances will will Harry, well not him directly, I mean some sources which, um, you know, we know some people on Twitter can't be trusted. I should know this, I'm a journalist, but hey. Um, people um, have said that Lee, under no circumstances, said that, that he would let Harry Kane go. I mean, he has accepted the offer. Um, I am just, I'm still, to be honest, in absolute shock about this. Um I think, like, I agree with what you've said. I've, you know, people have stopped me and went, going, oh, what do you think about Harry Kane? And surely you can't let him go for free. For me, as I said earlier on, I'll repeat it. He is priceless. Um, and as you said, I watched what you said earlier on on Football Daily. Like, I completely agree with you, Ricky. Um, he is an investment and keeping him for this one more season, we could reap in benefits, not just financially, but in actually seeing some glory. And, you know, you've got to think as well. It will be, it, which you know what, it will be bloody sod's law. He'll go and we'll chuff him win summit, you know. And um, will him lifting a trophy in the Bundesliga mean as much as as doing it over here? I just, I just don't think so. But you know, I would, as as you said, not not our money, but I would lose him for free. That's my opinion. You know what, you lot in the comments, you can give me hell. I don't care. That's my opinion. <laughs> 100 mil? What's 100 mil? Do you know what I mean? I'd keep him any day of the week. And you know what? If he if he stays, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll say this now. And last word on Spurs. I'll get a come on you Spurs tattoo if he stays. You know? So well, come on, we'll manifest it. We're putting it out there. I shall do it. Let's hope it's not. I'll be the same for Harry because I'll tell you what. I, uh, I, I, I don't think I'll ever get over it. I don't think I ever will. I've got to say, I mean, look, when that broke today, no matter where we were at any point, when David Ornstein shared that Spurs accepted a bid for Harry Kane, um, had we had more time, I'd love to get everybody's individual thoughts on it. I'm sure we all felt sick to the stomach. I, I actually had to go outside for a minute where I was and just try and even understand what I'm reading, let alone try and 
can't. You spoke, uh, didn't we, Rick? You called, you called me, oh, and I was sick. like, I feel sick. You was like, I feel yeah. sick. I said, I feel sick. Like we had the same feeling in the pit it's of just, our I think every, but I will say, like, every Spurs fan, I'm sure, feels exactly the same with that feeling um, because it is hard. And the one, Lee, let me come to you. Then we have got to go for our break, mm. and we're going to try and look ahead to Brentford. We are going to try to get ahead to Brentford. Lee, going to bed after this, Rick. Oh Jesus, yeah, that's a good one. Um, look, there'll be many fans saying, but look, Harry never achieved for Tottenham on the big occasions. We have to remind ourselves, Rick as well said it previously on the show, the man's been a part of teams that have got to League Cup finals, FA Cup semi-finals, Champions League finals, been in title races. And the argument with Harry is at times that he has not taken Tottenham over that line in terms of we've got to those points, but yet Harry is an individual. And dare I even say, even with that England moment, you know, he had the opportunity to take England to the next level never quite made it. Is that fair for me to say that? Or do you think in general, which is still my opinion, whilst I'm in agreement with that, I think Tottenham have massively fouled him over a number of years by having the opportunity to build around Harry teams to push on, whether it be for a title, whether it be to get in the top four, whether it be to win cups. I think with this typical player here, we've massively fouled him, despite the fact that he's had the opportunities to win. Where do you sit on that very quickly? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you very quickly. I agree with you. I think um, you know we've been here before with, and you lifted it off uh, on Sky Sports News earlier, and a lot of going on in the comments. We've been here before with Modric. I'm, I remember sitting there. It wasn't on last one of Spurs that back then, or you know, even social media or whatever. Just sitting around a pub as you do with your mates, talking about can we just get one more year? Go on, one more year out of Luka Modric. Go on, go on, knowing that he was going to go to Real Madrid the year after. I remember talking about it with Bale. Can we get one more year? Go on, please. I remember feeling like this with Berbatov because we all remember them pictures of him walking the shadow, the silhouette of Berbatov on Sky Sports News. Remember this in Manchester, in, in Old Trafford, when he's walking across and it's like, yeah, he's here, he's going to sign. This is what's happening again. Like, it is happening again over and over again and you know that that that, that is where you have to put the blame or, or, or hold the, the board to account on that somebody said earlier who who, who hired um Ange, you've got to give them account you, you you're right and they've done some good stuff but this for me is unforgivable you cannot accept the bid for harry kane at this stage at, at where we are right now it is completely unfair you've asked a guy and Postacoglu to come in and rebuild and look, I will, start, I will stop by saying this. The man that uh, some uh, won't name anymore because he's now Chelsea, but I don't mind, I'm going to name him, is Potticino. He did say that we needed to go for a really painful rebuild. Maybe, maybe this is the last bit of pain in that rebuild. Maybe. I don't know. It's not painful getting rid of the likes of Davinson Sanchez um, or Eric Dyer or, you know, not having long laid back. That's that's relatively pain-free. It's staying, it's the pain with, with them guys, but with the greatest of respect. But with Harry Kane, this is huge pain. So maybe this is the painful part of the rebuild that Poch talked about all them years ago. And maybe we can move forward. And it would be so slow. Michael Owen did this. He left Liverpool, his boyhood club, to, to go to Real Madrid and Liverpool won the Champions League the year that he left, right? So, so it happens. Teddy famously went to Manchester United and the song was, and he won F all, right, for that first year. And then he cleaned up and, and won the treble the year after. So 
for, I think to very quickly add to that, it's the same situation just with Ange. Like every Celtic fan pretty much said the same thing. They lost about 12 or 13 players in his first season and and a lot of them were massive fan favourites and look, he turned yeah. around and absolutely smashed it there. So it's definitely possible, but it doesn't stop it from hurting still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, mate. And, and that, that's the perfect way to, yeah. to, to stop, isn't it, Rick, really? Because yeah, no, I do agree. And I just want one final thing on it. If you had told me, and again, I say it's the most polite way because I know players from the club watched last one on Spurs. But I say it's the most polite for way as a fan now talking, of course, always. If you were telling me that Spurs would sell Harry Kane before, no disrespect, <laughs> Tungy and Dombele, Davinson Sanchez, Eric Dyer, and I'm again, being respectful to those guys, I wouldn't have believed you. And I think that is a sad indictment of where Tottenham are at, that the players that are still at this football club that should have been gone in the most part, that's why I say this, three, four years ago, are still here. And yet, we are potentially in the process of selling Tottenham Hotspur's greatest ever player in the modern era. We are going to go for our final break of this show. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark train and retain them phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey hello this is russ williams from the last word on spurs and i just wanted to tell you about my brand new book sad but true 100 sad but true stories from around the world like chinese marathon runner 50 year old uncle chen who competed in a local marathon race and chain smoked cigarettes the entire way round he finished the race in a very respectable three hours and 28 minutes and from south wales the story of leon gleed who burned his bum when he used tesco toilet cleaning wipes instead of normal toilet paper no permanent damage was done sad but true don't go to the loo without it out now on amazon kindle we're joined by the brilliant ricky j norwood british actors very finest we're joined by the wonderful holly clements wonderful journalist of course lee mcqueen our crazy trainer instructor conductor and youtuber georgia killier on this special edition of last one on spurs it was meant to be a brentford preview it still will be a brentford preview but at what cost? I don't know. It's been a difficult, difficult show. Can I just say a massive thank you? There's been over 5,000 of you in total that have watched us live tonight. Thank you again for all your incredible support for Last Word on Spurs. And we're going to be honest about it. I'm sure for many of us, it's a show that we never thought we were ever going to do. But we've got to do it. And that's just the task. We've got to do it. And we have got to now look ahead to Spurs' first game of the Premier League season. I know if you fast forward yourselves 24 hours ago... We were maybe a lot more excited than we are now. Many will go into this game in trepidation, in fear. I must just say again, we are hearing rumours that Richarlison has picked up a knock, but we haven't had formal confirmation of that. I must just stress... Very quickly on that, just because it's relevant to that. I've just seen a post where Richarlison has replied on Instagram saying it's fake. So he should be be fine. Thank you. Again, for our listeners and audio... we love social media as well, isn't it? That element... It. That is brilliant. Richie, just come out. Come on the pitch. Step up with Madison. Brentford. Well, Let's unless, he, unless you're just talking about the surgery, but so far we can assume <laughs> that he, assume that he's okay. Well, but, have to be, I will say again, look, we will get at full clarity from Spurs' head coach, Ange Postacoglu, who faces the media on Friday at around 1, 1.30. Can I just say, 
How is that man going to be facing the media with this current circus? It is totally and utterly unacceptable. Sort it out, Tottenham, please. At least give us some clarity before tomorrow at half past one for all of our sakes. For the manager, for God's sake, please. Right, Brentford. Where do we start? Where do we start? Holly, let's start with you. It's an all-London affair, a capital clash for, of course, the weekend. Spurs returning to Premier League action. It's a stern test for Ange Postacoglu. It's a Brentford side that last season amounted 59 points from 38 matches. They just missed out by Jason's favourite competition of the Checker Trade, the Europa Conference League playoff spot, by only a couple of points. Um, they've been fairly busy during the summer. They've had Nathan Collins come in through the door. They've had Kevin Shade come in as well. Um, who actually, sorry, Kevin Shade was actually moved on to Freiburg, but they've had the services of a goalkeeper secured in Mark Flecken with, again, typical Tottenham this, David Raya looking like he's on his way to Arsenal, despite from what we heard earlier in the window, Tottenham agreeing personal terms for David Raya. There's the nature of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, if you ever need one. <laughs> Holly, Brentford to come. Give me your initial thoughts on how you feel that game's going to go in the context of what we're talking about right now, 48 hours before it. Listen, I think, you know, and I think anyone knows, every time they invite me on a podcast, and the same goes for Mr Ricky Norwood, you're never going to get any negativity out of me. You're just not. If you don't like it, don't ask me to come on. That's what I'll say. And in the comments earlier on when I was speaking, I like to read the comments because I'm a glutton for punishment and I like to be able to cry myself to sleep. Um, I think... People keep saying, stop being naive. Stop being so sentimental. I'm a Spurs fan. If I'm not naive and sentimental, then what else am I? What else have I got? We're all delusional. It's what keeps us going. Do you know what I mean? And if you're not delusional, if you're a Spurs fan, can I have some of what you're having? Because do you know, I don't know what else I'm going to have to keep me keep me going through. So, you're, you are, can, I say, can I just say, you are the female Ricky J. Norwood. What is going on here? You know, that's not the first time I've heard that. You I've are literally the female so Ricky J. Norwood. I've heard that so many times in other podcasts as well. And, I think, and actually, it's been ages. I think over a year since I've been on a show with, with Ricky. So it's great to be back with him because I tell you what, today is a dark day. And so if, if the two of us can bring some light, then that, and that's the one bit of joy I've brought to the world today, whether you agree with me or not, I'm pleased. So on that note, on. I will say I'm going to predict great things from the game, whether Kane's there or not. I, do you know what? I will. I do. I, I still think that Ange is going to want to deliver and he's going to want to start off strong and he, he's going to want to start with a bang. And I think our new players are going to want to um, step out with pride in the in the lily white shirt. And I think they're going to just. I think they're going to. I think they're going to bring it. I really think they are. Even if they are going to be gutted like we all are, I think they are going to give it their best shot because I mean everyone's buzzing at the the start of the season anyway. I mean. But start of last season when we played Chelsea, the the Conte Tuchel drama. I mean, kind of now I'm wishing that Conte decked him because I mean I'm kind of fuming with Tuchel <laughs> now at the moment. We are where we are now. Oh, how things oh, have changed man. in a year. God. Um, but yeah, I'm back to the initial question. I'm rambling on again. Um, I do. I, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll still be buzzing. I'll still be putting my shirt on, and I'll still be. Um, I still have that kind of fire in my belly for hopefully a season. Better than last last season. I mean, come on, we we, we the only way is up, guys. Let's be real. You know, yep. the only way is up for how we finished last season. So come on. 
That's we're gonna, it. <laughs> we are we are gonna definitely God she's taking even Ricky Sands. We are gonna come on very, very shortly to predictions. Jules, let me bring you in. I'm sure you're gonna be there at the G Tech at the weekend. Look, Brentford actually look to give some Spurs fans some hope, which I know they're gonna completely have a guard me for. I can hear Andy Costa saying, Shut up, Rick, shut up, Rick. Brentford did not win a game during the preseason. And I, I can hear Costa already trying to call me now. I'm saying that, but Definitely, you, is definitely going to be. It is cool to be. It's cool to be. It's been. It's been a difficult preseason for Brentford. I mean, the thing is, Jules, that they haven't got Ivan Tony. They haven't got David Raya. So, in the most politest way, it is going to be a bit of a transition season for them as well. This is a mad question we're asking you, George, given what we're talking about tonight and the timing of maybe losing Tottenham's greatest ever goal scorer. Mm-hmm. But in the context of where Brentford are, are we playing Brentford at the best time where there's a new goalkeeper having to settle in, and the fact they've lost Ivan Tony for this start to the season? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely the best time. I think there's a few things that we can pick up from. And look, look, preseason is not the be all and end all for any team. It's more often than not, it tends to ends up being the opposite way around as to how they perform. But what's been picked up with Brentford is that there's a lot of question marks about their midfield pivot, and um, as well as that, Wisser is now sort of the main man up front for them. And even though he was getting a lot of chances of preseason, his actual technique and finishing is it, it, it hasn't been the best um same goes for the new goalkeeper flecken who is no doubt going to be in goal there's um definitely a lot of question marks around him because i, I don't think he's anywhere near the same level that david raya is so there's definitely massive holes to pick rumors of mbomo injuries but i think he's i think he was training um same with uh, rico henry um so there's a couple of doubts in the team i think the main thing to worry about with brentford especially we saw how they played last year is their long balls over the top and part of the fence is um, very, very good. The, the way the way they play, and with considering how high we play our defence now under uh, Postecoglou, um, that could be a worry. If if and when we're playing him running past the defence, there, there could be a lot of counter attack opportunities that we might struggle with. However, I do think we'll have the uh, dominant possession of the ball, especially if the likes of Basuma and Madison in midfield. I think will uh, completely destroy their midfield. So I, I think we've got a really good chance to. To, to win this game is definitely the right time. Lee, come over to you. Brentford do have a pretty strong home record. They scored in their last 10 home matches in a row. Um, in the 10 of the 11 Brentford home matches, the sum of goals were under three and a half per game. Um, they've not lost 12 of the last 14 home games. So that kind of tells you their minds. I think they only lost like a couple of times last year. I think Arsenal obviously won up there. But apart from that, really, they were really formidable at home. I mean, we saw what they did to Manchester United very, very early on at last season. But that's the one thing I will say about that stadium, the GTEC. It is a stadium that... If you give them encouragement, that place does bounce. And as George will know that from going there, you don't want to be giving them any advantage on the day or any sniff of any concern over confidence. Tell me, are we a, a better than Bruce Tottenham going there, Lee? Because watching us in pre-season, look, we've been really, really impressive. But you can't tell me if we're in this situation where the Harry Kane saga has not been addressed. That can't be a good way to go into the start of a season. Because again, I refer to previous times, which Rick has mentioned as well, where we've had a player's future dominate us over a summer, we have unfortunately seen that go over as a bit of a hangover at the start of a season. Are you concerned, Lee, the Harry Kane situation is going to play a part in our preparation for Brentford? Nuno, first game, Man City at home, 1-0. Yeah, okay. okay. So we put that one to bed, right? Because that, that's exactly Are we putting it to bed, though? I mean, there's obviously other occasions. No, no, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, I mean, let's, you know, at the end of the day, I think... 
I think the points around Brentford are, are key. I think you make some brilliant points around. They they are in a situation where they got a new goalkeeper. They ain't got their centre forward. Their star striker scored twenty Premier League goals last season for them um, as well, and they got to replace that. George makes a brilliant point about the balls over the top and their set pieces as well, just to put them in the mix. You, you mentioned the stats there that they've uh, they've. Um, uh, haven't not scored for 10 games uh, at home, it will definitely be 11 because they definitely will score against us. And But I, I'm last year and the year before, I was frightened about that. I'm not frightened about it this year because I think we've got the firepower to do it. Kane or no Kane, I have. I, the way we... I, I think we're going to dominate the ball. I think we're going to have 70% possession against them, uh, against Brentford. Brentford will be happy with that, sitting back. They might end up winning the football match because of a, a long ball over the top, like like West Ham beat us in the in the preseason, or or a couple of set pieces. But I, I think we're going to dominate, and I think that um, if if we transfer that kind of double figure shots on target that we've been seeing in the Premier League, uh, sorry, in the preseason friendlies, excuse me, and also we had six shots on target the other night. Um, Tottenham B versus Barcelona A away from home. I have to put that in as well because it was only six, but that was the circumstances. I think if we continue hitting nine, 10, 11 shots on target, I think we beat beat Brentford. I think we beat, uh, we we win. And I, and I think we do that to a lot of teams this season now. And that's where I'm still really excited, even though the Kane situation and obviously that's dominant. It's, obviously, it's not ideal. I'm not like just saying, oh, you know, let's forget about it. But they are professionals at the end of the day, and it could be like Kane's injured. What about if you'd have woken up in the morning this morning and and, and uh, Kane's ripped his ACL like Rodrigo Bentoncourt did? You know, you know, they're not. They're, no one's like, oh, it's affecting us or whatever. Rodrigo's just, you know, he's got an injury. Like it happens. So I know, I know it's different, but trying to put that into that mindset, they have to be focused against Brentford because here's the thing, and we all know this, and all the viewers and listeners, the Premier League is relentless. And if you are not on it for five minutes at the end of the game, one minute at the end of the game, or five, 2% drop-off, oh, you're, you're going to get turned over by yeah. any of the teams. And that's what that is relentless. So we have to be on it. There's no choice. We have to be on it. We have to be professional. And I, and I think we will be, Rick. I think we'll give a good account of ourselves. It'll be very tough. But I think... I also think it's very significant because if you go there, put in a really good performance and win that does set you up for a momentum builder. It is the sort of ground, I mean, George, you tell me, like Rick, you've already said about it, but George, tell, tell me if I'm wrong, it is rocking there. And to go there to get a win, it, it is, Jace, you're going to love this one, fella, I know you're watching, it is a tough place to go. <laughs> it is a tough place to go. So I think that it would set up the foundation to build momentum. Are you with me, team? So I yeah, think yeah. it's... I think it's massive and I think we have to win. After everything that's been going on, I think we have to win. Rick, it's a key question and you've got it, my friend. How do you think Ange approaches the game? Mindset now, 48 hours before, dealing with his current situation, which I think we all hope, look, will come to a head one way or another, we hope, fingers crossed for sure. But if you're Ange Postacoglu, you're looking at the squad. Obviously, we've had the four preseason games for Tottenham, of course, uh, Listen, I think we can all safely say that the way we've performed over those four games, I think we've all been relatively really, really happy about the brand of football, the style of football that we've seen. In your mindset, when you go and look at the team now, tell me what you're thinking. Would you put Mickey van der Ven straight away? <clears throat> what do you think your ideal team would be when you look at, obviously, the options for Brentford at the weekend? Um, when it comes to Mickey van der Ven, yes, I would. I would chuck him in. Um, I would say learn on the job. 
um, you know, yes, he hasn't had the amount of uh, training sessions that everybody else has had, but I would. Um, he, I, I'd prefer to build around him from from scratch than kind of chuck somebody else in and try and bed him in little bit by little bit. What I would say is also about the team and how you set up with or without Harry Kane is that the best person that is not going to let us slip or not going to let it be a distraction is actually Ange Postacoglu. From everything that he said during pre-season, um, I think it was after the, the West Ham game where I think it was Milesy asked him a question and he was like, yeah, but you know, it's only pre-season, the, the results don't matter. And Ange came back with a quote where it was, they all matter, every result matters. So... I think there's a lot of new blood in the squad. There's a lot of freshness in the squad. And there's a, from what we've seen from the A team to the B team, a lot of them are bought in to Andrew's way and what he wants from them, and they're enjoying it. So I, I, I see that squad being ready and prepared for Sunday. Um, like you said the other day, the, it, it doesn't matter whether um, the, the boys are ready or not. Sunday's coming. It's, they're not going to wait for us. You know, the league's not going to wait for us, so we will be ready and we'll be going out for them three points. And sometimes when your biggest talisman leaves, it um, it forces other people to, to stand up. Now, we've got that throughout the squad, the squad this year. You know, all of that leadership group, Hugo's not there. We've got a new keeper. Dyer won't be starting. So there's, an, you know, there's Romero and Mickey van der Ven there. Hoiberg is 50-50 whether he starts, whether he stays or whether he goes. So there's another one out of the leadership group that's that's, that's not there. So there's, it, it, it gives room for people to stand up and to show what they're about. What I'm, for, for, for me, I've, I've said this, and, and last year, Ricks, you will know this, after AC Milan, after Sheffield United, um, you know, I, I, I lost, I lost my, my head. You were here, bro, yeah, you were Milan. here. You were here with us, you lost it. Oh, yeah, I was, I was with. I, I had enough at that point, and you know the football and the politics and the board and everything really got me down to a point where I had no positivity left. Hole. I promise you, I had none left, and I was over it. But I had to reassess, and I had to think about growing up, nineties, uh, early two thousands, when I was the only myself and Darren Hart were the only ones that were kind of Tottenham supporters. Everybody else, Guna, West Ham. You know, Man United, and we and, and we went through a lot of dark times at that at that point. But the one thing that stayed with me is my dad, which was like, win, lose or draw, come on you Spurs, win, lose or draw, back your team. And he, he used to tell me growing up is that we're supporters, we're not fans. So we support them through the good, and we support them through the bad. And you know, the the badge on the front is worth a lot more than the name on the back. So regardless of what happens with Harry Kane, we will move forward. We will cheer on our team. That team will be ready and we'll find a new way. But I've got to say to you, I do, I've got this feeling in the pit of my stomach that Harry's going to be starting up front for us against Brentford, brother. And, and even though it's a messy situation for someone like Ange, for the team and for the team building, like I said, with Ange, I think it's a perfect guy, perfect guy to kind of deal with this scenario because he's dealt with it many a time before, absolutely many a time before. So um, I think we're in a good place. I think that the season starting actually puts the pressure on us and the pressure on the boys to go out there and actually do the job now. And I think the boys will step up. You've seen them step up little by little bit. You saw them step up against uh, Shakhtar Donetsk the other, uh, last week. And you saw our B team, as Lee said there, step up. Everybody's had their minutes. 
for Sonny, I know Sonny's been getting a bit of criticism recently, but he's only had what ninety minutes total since since his surgery, and he's on the recovery as well. So we're probably gonna have to like work him back in. But don't doubt Sonny. Every time we've doubted Sonny, he's made all of us look silly. Do you know what I mean? So like he'll be look back at the back of her shirt. Fine. Look at the back of her shirt. <laughs> get him. Get him. Come on. This is what I'm saying. So, so what I would say is, is like, regardless of what what is happening, if this Harry Kane scenario is making you feel angry or upset or the board, you know, we, we have to stop them having that effect on us. We've been here before Harry Kane, and we'll be here after Harry Kane. And we'll, how sad we is that, though, Rick? How, how sad is and, that? You know. We're gonna be here, we're gonna be here again. How sad is that? Terrifying. Know, bro. Awful. But but do you know what? This is our side. This is our team. And yes, we can call for change on these channels and in protests and stuff like that. But until it does. We're still the supporters. And that's why I'm glad that, Lee, you actually renewed your season ticket this year. Because people like Lee and people like... There's some that, obviously, the financials, they couldn't afford it. So they've dropped out on the season ticket. But a lot of people that was... They love this side so much. They love this team so much that they're willing to give up their season ticket. And this, that's, where the, that's where the trouble is, because we need fans like that. That We need fans that are all Enoch out and stuff like that, because they care about the club inside backwards so badly that it gives them blood pressure. Do you know what I mean? That they would prefer to stand outside the club than to be in it to make a point. That's how much they love this club. So whether we agree with them or not, these are the fans that go don't let Enoch and don't let, I mean, apart from the prices, but don't let people like Enoch or Levy or Cullen or anybody else stop you from going and supporting that side because those boys need fans like you that go every single week, week in, week out. They need you. They need us more than you think. What was it like in COVID area? What was it like in lockdown? They need us more than you think. Um, so, like, at the same time, go and support the boys, go and support the badge on the front of the shirt, do you know what I mean? And they will pull it off for us. And are we doing predictions right now? Or are we, we are, Rick. That? Yeah, let's start. Let's kick off predictions with you. What are you going to go for? I'm going 4-2 Tottenham, regardless of who's playing. I'm going 4-2 Tottenham. We're going to guarantee to concede. Regard, it doesn't matter whether Mickey van der Ven plays or not. We're going to concede a goal, OK? And it's going to be a few, It's going to be rocky for the first six to eight games, which, you know, Ange just kind of said there are going to be bumps in the road. But with the attacking play that we're playing, with the domination of the ball, with the high press, we look like we we it looks like we've got one or two extra men on the field when we go and attack. So I've got a feeling that we're gonna win four two, mate. Okay. Ricks, thank you so much, mate. Thank you for the ever optimism, <laughs> positivity. This poor bloke, six, seven years the last one on Spurs. Look what it's doing to him. Still looking absolutely fabulous. The wonderful Ricky J. Norwood. Amazing guy. Yeah, trying, bro, trying. Honestly, we all are, we all are grinding away. Holly, let's come to you. Look at what, what a weekend we're in for. What a weekend we're in for. Look, we're going to know a lot more, of course, when Ange talks to the media tomorrow, of course, at that press conference on Friday. Holly, oh, how can I... You're not going to be negative, are you? I know what we're going to get from you. Tell me what you feel the feeling is going into this game at Brentford. Is it winnable, even with a situation hanging over, hanging over us? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go 3-1. And, obviously, Tottenham... Just, oh, I bet you weren't expecting that from me. Um, but you know what? I'm always going to be positive about it. Just same as same as Ricky, you know, before we before we started the podcast, I was talking about how I had no choice from the minute I was born. I was going to support support Spurs um, all because of my dad. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, it, have it any other way. It, honestly, it is going to, I always say this, it's going to make me go grey early. It's going to probably knock years off my life expectancy from all of the stress 
Um, but yeah, I really, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's just, it's, I'm always like similar to what Ricky's just said. It's, it's just coursing through my veins. I'm always going to be, I'm always going to support them no matter what. And yes, I've said, I can't imagine, I can't imagine living in a caveless world. But, you know, I will wake up every morning. I will still say, come on, you Spurs, and, and, and life will go on. I don't want to yep. think of it like that for now. I'm going to try and remain positive. I mean, the one thing I noticed when we started the show, uh, Ricky was holding up his Art, art of Football, um, Harry Kane shirt. The one positive, I've been thinking about getting that for a while. The one positive about him leaving is I might be able to get it on sale. I'm about to save you a couple of quid. <laughs> yeah, get it on sale, Harry Kane. Turn his oh, I... No, 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 no hierarchy. That'll be in the shop somewhere. Discount at five ninety nine. You'll pick it up. Don't worry. They might take the post and packaging off for you if you're lucky. No, yeah, no, no, mean, no, and then they probably charge you for it. I mean, I, I, it's been, it has been great to talk to all of you guys and just um, kind of get how I've been feeling off my chest. Um, it's, 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 it's been really hard for them to say what they've said today and to leave it as. Yeah. You know, a lot of fans are going to be going to work tomorrow with hardly any sleep, and I can't blame them. I'm going to be exactly the same. Um, obviously, tomorrow we'll, we will know, and um, obviously we've all just got to brace ourselves, but we have still, regardless of all of that drama, we've got to be positive. It's our first game of the season. We're back, baby. You know? We are, we got, we we are, got, we are back, we, baby. Yes. We are quality. Holly, thank you so much. George, thank you so much, mate. Um, again, as I said, we reached out obviously quite a while back. This was meant to be a preview, of course, for <laughs> Brentford. And it's been, we've tried to make it still a Brentford preview. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It would be a lot more upbeat than what it would usually be. Um, but yeah, George, you obviously are, as I keep on saying, you're there at the weekend. Give me your thoughts about your mindset going into this one and how you feel the game's going to go at the GTEC. Yeah, look, I always I always back us to do, to do well, to be honest. You know, I think it's going to be a, probably like a 3-2 win. I think with the first games of the season, it's always rocky for every team. It's quite difficult to predict what uh, what's going to go away. I agree with Ricky 100% that it's you know, it's, there's going to be goals going in on uh, both ends, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what the scoreline is going to be. Uh, definitely cannot see this one being nil nil at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be a good game for us. I think we, we've we've progressed so well already in in a short space of time, and obviously. The Premier League is a lot more competitive than pre-season, um, so it's, it's, it's going to be tougher than some of those games. But look, I think I'm really confident with the way we're playing. I think everyone in the team is contributing to the goals and how we're, how we're playing as well. It's not just totally reliant on Kane. So, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic we'll do well. I mean, we'll have plenty of chances. It's just uh, you never know with these with these opening opening games. You never know. You never do. George, thank you so much, mate. It has really been therapy. I think we've all needed it. Like I say, the wonderful George Achillia there. And again, just, just a bit of name checks. Of course, Ricky J. Norwood on the Twitter, if he ever needs. The, the bloke, listen, he know, he's so well known now. The, not only what he does actor-wise, Spurs-wise, the poor bloke's being driven absolutely balmy with Tottenham. Bless his heart. The wonderful Holly Clemens, catch obviously at Holly BBC. And of course, George Achillia across the socials for all things Tottenham. Lee, Oh, mate, let's come to you. It's been a, oh, where do we go, Lee? Five, six years of difficult time. This is right up there. I never genuinely ever thought I'd be doing a show where I'd be talking about Tottenham selling Harry Kane. Brentford, let's focus on the task in hand. Massive game for Tottenham at the weekend. Huge, huge start to the season. And in the most polite way I say this, is renowned. Look, it's a bit of a slow burner. It takes a while to get things going. He, of course, at Celtic, I think he only won three out of his first seven. He crashed out the Champions League. I'm not asking you to try and big it up, but I think the key thing here is what we're going to say is, he's an, look, I think he's already given us a wonderful feeling as 
fans as to what he wants to play his football, the way he's such a clear communicator. But I want to stress that point. It's a process, going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But do you generally feel it this weekend with Brentford, despite the circus going around the football club, we can be fully focused in the task in hand and get a result? 3-0 Brentford. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Of course, I'm only joking. No, look, I, 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 I think we'll win. I think we'll win the football match. I think this is this would be my team personally. We definitely put VDV in. Need that fella on the pitch. It's Vicario, VDV, Romero, a doggy at left uh, uh, left back, and for me, it's Emerson Royale right back. That's just for balance. I'd have Basuma sitting, and I would play Lacelso and Madison. That's that's why I'm going all in, in in for that midfield. I want to see that stuff. Son, Richardson, and uh, Kulusevski, and I think we win the game. I, I'm going to go same as Holly. Actually, to be fair, I was I was I was thinking about going four, but I'm going to go three one. We we will concede, but I just think we're going to have too much for them. We're going to pass them and play them off the park, in my opinion. And I think we're going to have too much for them. And do you know what? And I will say, and I and I finish on on this one, Brentford. If we go there and do what we've done in pre-season to all them teams and what we've done to Barcelona and we lose, it is what it is. And we're going to go again and we're going to go again and we're going to go again because we're going to get this right under Ange, in my opinion. We are going to get this right under Ange Postacoglu and we're going to enjoy our football. And you never know, at the end of the rainbow, there may be, there may be that pot of gold. We hope so, indeed. We hope so. Just on pots of gold, one pots, of, one pot of gold that was, if you, I think many might call it a bronze rather than a gold. Uh, we had the Carabao Cup draw, of course. Rick's, me, me and Rick's favourite competition. You remember Nottingham Forest last season? What that did to us? What that did to me? <laughs> God, still not over it. For me, look, I always said the cups are the most important things for me of a season. Tottenham drawn away to Fulham at Craven Cottage. I must just obviously announce that. So yeah. We shall see. I've, I had a message about an hour ago confirming from first hand that he's going to Bayern Munich. Um, and Kane was prepared to stay for one more year. But he understands the club want money for him and he's gone. So it's done. Like, I, 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 I don't know that for an absolute fact, but that's, that's, what, what, you're that's what you're being, that's what you're being told. Re, I'm relaying the stuff. Yeah. And to be fair, I relayed that back to, to you guys, what, June the 27th, something like that, about, about it, when it all started coming. Holly's found him. Holly's found him. He's still on the website. To, to, to clarify, that was the one thing they said is the only thing we buy in the shirt. The All of like the main poster and everything, like, all, everything else has changed to Sonny. Right. Yeah. Can, can, can you stop like cutting the positivity, George? Every time. You <laughs> it, Sorry, I'm normally I'm normally like, positive, but it's just, we, I, we, I feel like I've been broken this, up with. The show on the high end. You just want to kill us, bro. The problem, the problem is though, George is trying to keep us out in date, Rick. That's the problem. We've got the positivity of saying Kay's going. At least George is trying to keep us in date. So if this does come out and he's listened to, he might be gone. This is weird because you know me. I'm normally so positive, but today I just feel like I've been broken up with, cheated on. I don't know, man. I've deflated. George, you're not the only one, mate. I feel exactly the same as well. But look, at the end of the day, um, we, we 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 roll on. I think that I think the biggest thing that's going to come out of this when all the dust settles and everything is going to be why did we sell Harry Kane when he was prepared to stay? Now, some that people is, might that, say that's the, that'll be the, key, won't it? In a yeah, statement yes, that comes out from yes. Daniel Lee, let me just say that if Daniel, if in a statement comes out from Daniel that says Harry Kane wanted to go, then obviously. This is might be a deflated argument, but if the fact you say there, Lee, Harry Kane wanted to stay, that's the key, isn't it, Lee? On this, what you're about to say there. Sorry, yeah. let you finish so, off. Rick, I think, I think it's I think it's back over to you. you you've got to you've got to finish your own show with the last word. Look, 
he has been an incredible player to watch at Tottenham. We've seen some incredible goals, some incredible moments. But like many players down the line, unfortunately, this ownership have fouled him. And you can say what you want about Harry, that he has been in finals and ultimately not got Tottenham over the line. But as we've seen with the hierarchy, unfortunately, that when the money is waved in front of them, it's very hard for them to say no. And I think, again, you're in that situation where it looks like it's profit over glory. And I feel for many now that listen, watch last word on Spurs that may feel there's some kind of agenda here. Look, I think it's very, very clear where we are tonight. There, For some, it's impossible to go back from here. Many will not be able to forgive the ownership. I will not be able to give, forgive this ownership for selling Tottenham Hotspur's greatest ever striker in Harry Kane in the modern era. And again, I will make that point that from my perspective, there wasn't any amount of money that I would have allowed to see Harry Kane leave the club this summer. I wouldn't have done that's just my opinion on it. I completely agree. I, every, every word for word, mate. I, I'm with you 100%. I agree with yeah. everything. I, every, like I say, everything. we it's shall... Too damaging. It's too damaging yeah. to let that guy go now at this stage of the season for that amount of money. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's well, irrelevant. The, again, it's irrelevant. Uh, I'm damaging. so sorry to sound like a broken record. I'm sorry again keeping you guys here. But the fact of the matter is Tottenham would have easily accumulated that money back in 12 months' time had they got into the Champions League. It's, of course, a big if. But it's an if that's worth taking when you've got a guy that scores 25 to 30 goals consistently over seven to the last eight seasons in the league. There's a guarantee. He would have been in a system which would have allowed him to score more goals. And don't get me don't get me all this crap about Harry Kane about systems. The guy scores in every system. He's done that for the last seven, eight years. Under Mourinho, under Conte, under Nuno. Wherever you go, he scored goals. So look, we'll leave it there. Again, massive thank you to the wonderful Lee McQueen, the superb Ricky J. Norwood, the brilliant Horry Kements, the amazing Georgia Killia. Guys, we have been the last one on Spurs. Again, I want to say a massive thank you for, again, your all support for this amazing show. And again, thank you for making us, as always, your number one to go to the most listened to Tottenham Hotspur podcast. From us all, please keep safe, keep well. We'll be back with you before you know it. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.